Please turn in your Bibles with me into Gospel of John chapter 8. We're going to try to read from verse 31 through 36 for our text this morning. Would you look at that with me? John 8, verse 31 through 36. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I wish, uh, with Lord's help this morning, to begin a series. I've entitled, Free Indeed. I have four thoughts from these verses that I really think I'm going to have to deal with individually in this series. Free indeed means that we're free inside and out. Free to the core. A lot of God's people, I'm talking about born again believers, are not free. They're not living free. I think most of us would see that that there's some parts of our life we, we know we're encumbered with. There are some dark places. And it's sad that we waste God's grace so much and don't live free. After all, Jesus Christ says he came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. But these four areas I want to try to deal with when we're talking about free indeed. And um, again, I, I want to just only introduce these. I thought I might use it as my subject this morning entirety, but it's just too big. Freedom is too big. And so when you think about free and indeed, I want to say four things this morning as introducing the next four messages. Number one is free from want. Number two, free from we. Number three, free from wickedness. And number four, free from the world. All of these have freedom found only in Jesus. He was right. He came to proclaim freedom to the captives. And to bring light to those who sit in dark places. Jesus is a freedom giver, a chain breaker, a prison shaker. I believe that if God would bless me with his spirit, well let me say it like this, I really do want to make you free. 
And we ought to be that way. We ought to be wanting to make others free. Now, I cannot save you. Only God can do that. But if God's Spirit is in His Word and I say what God says, then I can make you free. Free indeed. Just like Jesus when He rose Lazarus from the dead. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And He did. He spoke life in His deadness. That's what salvation is. It's the Spirit of God bringing spiritually dead men and women to spiritual life, to live eternally. But it's not just a theological abstract just to be used when we get to heaven. It is to be used in this earth, in this time called life, between two eternities, that God has brought us here for this very purpose. Remember Jesus after rising Lazarus, told his disciples, loose him and let him go. You see, he had the grave clothes still on him. Jesus didn't do that. He could have, but he told his disciples too. I believe that's what the preaching of the gospel is. It's bringing, taking off the grave clothes of our formal self and embracing the life that Jesus has given us. Are you free today? How free do you want to be? Some of us really don't want to be free, if we're honest. We're holding on to too many things we love more than we love Jesus. And so it's not so much what we have, but what has us free, free indeed. I pray the Lord would help us to see that. First of all, let's look at free from want. Notice Jesus says in verse 31, He's saying to these Jews that believed on Him, If ye continue in My word, then are ye My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Freedom from want. See, the truth will make you free. But you've got to understand the truth also hurts. What the unregenerate, what the unper- unborn again person, the natural person, hates to know is the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but it'll make you free. You see, God's word is truth. Jesus is truth. And But when the word says that we have no righteousness, That kind of hurts our flesh. And he does. He tells us that in Isaiah, that our righteousness is its filthy rags. He tells us in Romans that there's none righteous, not even one. When God's word tells us, and he tells the truth, that we have no wisdom. We don't. He tells us in Romans 3 again that there's none that understand. There's none that seek after God. When the truth tells us that we have no strength, we hate that. But it's the truth. Romans 5 says God loved us 
when we were without strength and when we were sinners. Oh my goodness. To bless God and thank Him for the truth. And to be freedom from want. You know, that's what salvation does. It changes our principles. It changes our wants. I like the definition that John Piper used. I read a while back about freedom, what freedom was. He said that freedom is doing what you want to do as long as what you want to do is what you ought to do. You hear me? That's what freedom is. Freedom is doing what you want to do as long as doing what you want to do is what you ought to do. You know, you can take a a guitar string and I can hold a guitar string up here and it's free. I can wave it in the air. But it's not doing what it ought to do. It's only doing what it ought to do when it's tied to the two ends or the places in the guitar and pulled tight. That's when it makes music. That's when it does what it ought to do. You see, freedom is doing what you want to do without having to go to hell for it. That's freedom. So freedom from want is to be free indeed. And as Christ's disciples, as Christ told them, when you continue in my word, you shall be free. Free indeed. Because the truth shall make you free. You know, I I would really feel bad if my children or grandchildren felt like I had tried to hold them captive. That I didn't give them freedom. I think any parent would feel that way. And they can embrace that as long as they do what they ought to do. In the world today, there's an idea that becoming married is to be tied down. I'm so thankful that we have so many young couples in this church that has recently tied the knot, so to speak. Because they're doing what they want to do. And it's what they ought to do. See? We get confused with that. We think freedom is doing whatever we want to do. I say to you, that's not any truth in that. Some of the most miserable days I've spent is when I doing nothing. God has given us a purpose. And that purpose is to do what we want to do. Because God has given us what we ought to do. And we need to go at it and bless His name in it. What a blessing it is. To be free from want. That's free indeed. Doesn't Psalms 23 says, 
The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We can be free indeed. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is. And when Jesus says, in me, you shall have all things. That he provides all we need. Then what do we want? He tells us on the Sermon on the Mount, says, don't worry. We worry because we're not free. The more we're satisfied with Jesus, the freer we'll be, really. Freer to live as long as God would have us live and freer to die as fast as God would let us die. Now that is freedom. That is trusting Jesus. The more we see Jesus, the freer we're going to be. The more we believe him and continue in his word, the freer we're going to be. And so what a blessing to know that. To be free indeed is to be free from want. Secondly, verse 33, they answered him, these believing Jews, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Freedom from we. If we're going to be free indeed, we've got to be free from our individuality. You know, there is a bondage in religion. There's a religious bondage. A lots of People are so-called religious, but they're in bondage to religion. How many cults over the years have led people to even their death? Now, I'm talking, not talking about the martyrs and the Christian. Or how much bondage is, is some religions to to priestcraft. Hey, if you listen to any preacher, including this one, to the point that, that you feel like he is Lord over you, we need to remember what John the Baptist said when they came to him and wanting to applaud him. He says, hey, I'm not Jesus. I'm not even worthy to loosen his shoestrings. But I, I suppose one of the things that hindrances so is to be free from ourself. Galatians 2.20, the Paul, Apostle Paul summarized that, and I think most succinctly when he says, for I was crucified with Christ, yet not I. He says, I'm crucified. I die. Yet I live. Not yet I live, but Christ liveth in me. 
See, that is the freedom. Freedom from we. Freedom from Randy. Freedom from trying to be cooler than you. Our freedom will be found when we get away from ourselves and just embrace all of you, Jesus. Turn with me just for a moment over to Galatians chapter 5, okay? I wanted to make a point here as we think about Ishmael and Isaac. Remember, Ishmael was also a son of Abraham. Just like Isaac. But Isaac was a promised son. Brought about by a miracle of God. From the deadness of Abraham's seed and Sarah's womb. God brought by by Isaac. Now that's what salvation is. It's God. But now Ishmael, the son of the bondwoman, was also a beneficiary of all the benefits, of a lot of them anyway, of Abraham. And here the apostle uses that as a good analogy, and I want to share it with you. Let's start at verse 31 of the last chapter before, last verse in chapter 4. So then, brethren, we are not the children of the bondwoman, but of the free. See, Christ makes you free indeed. You're not saved by your good works or who you are. You're saved by God's grace and the miracle of His Holy Spirit. And He says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. In verse 1 of chapter 5. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now what so many of the Galatians had was a problem with identifying with who they were. Whether it was by circumcision or some outward show. We need to be freedom from we. We need to be free from our individual self. Because that can bind us and can hold us and inhibit inhibit our movement spiritually and freely with God. Because what happens, we try to please everybody else. We got to understand that God saved us just like we were and are. And He's conforming us. To Jesus Christ. We got to deal with the old person. In other words, we need to be free from that past sin, guilt. Those things that cloud our lives. Those alcoholic parents. Or that drug addiction. Uh, you may be sitting in this room and say, well, I never had to deal with that. 
There's people that, that go to church all their life that are in bondage. I'm going to tell you the freedom of Christ. There's prisoners in the deepest, darkest prisons that God has made free. They're freer than many people who go to church and sit in pews every day. And that is because God has caused them and they've surrendered to God. And they've freely given themselves to Him and their reputation and their trust in Jesus. See here, listen to me. You and I know that only Christ can make us free by giving us his righteousness and paying our sin debt. But he cannot make us free of ourselves. Only we can do that. And you gotta, that's, you know, that's a battle. That's some of the spiritual warfare that we've got to free ourselves of. That's why Paul said, I die daily. See, freedom is not free in some. It's a battle. Freedom from ourself. Freedom from we, I call it. See, these Jews thought, well, I was, I was Abraham's seed. What are you talking about me being free? Jesus said, man, you're in bondage. There's only one free, and that's God. You know, if we think by, by being a primitive Baptist and believing in election and predestination, well, you know, I can just do anything I want to do. There's people that think that, you know, outside this faith. They do. They've told me that. <laughs> the deal is, you don't know. You don't know because what is it that you want to do? What you want to do when God breaks your heart, and that's what he does to free you. He doesn't just come and tap on your window. Jesus didn't come to just make us successful and look good. He come to break our hearts and understand we got to look at his wounds if we want to see the gates of freedom. And only he can do it. Freedom, thirdly, from wickedness. Look at verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed a sin is the servant of sin. Let's turn to Romans 6. What he's meaning there in that verse is when we commit sin, that committing sin is dealing with living in sin, a lifestyle. That's what that means. No genuine born-again Christian can do that. Why? Because God has given you His Spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin, because you are, and you're going to know it when you do. But you're going to appreciate freedom even more when you confess it. Because you really know what, don't know what freedom is until you've had it, and you've lost it, and you get it again. And that's what confession and repentance does. Romans 6, verse 18. Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. 
the English language has really distorted the word slave. But that's exactly what God's people are. Slaves. We're slaves to righteousness. Now there's only two kinds of people. This is why we need to embrace freedom. Either we're we're servants to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. There's none in between. Verse 17, but God be, or verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded as your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when we were the servants of sin, we were free from righteousness. See how it is. Before Adam fell in the Garden of Eden, He had the ability to sin and the ability not to sin. But when he sinned, he had the inability not to sin. See, an unborn child of God or an unborn person, a natural person, has no ability to do any righteousness. God gives you that. And he gives us that so that we can be free. And so then after Jesus dies on the cross and rises again, we as believers now are back in that same atomic period in that we have the ability to sin and that we have the ability not to sin. And that's why Paul says here, let not sin reign in your mortal body. Sin will destroy you. If you do what you want to do, but it's not what you ought to do, it will ruin your life. It will make you miserable. And that is exactly what Satan wants. Now you watch him. You give him an inch, he will take a mile. He doesn't want you to be free, but he lies about it. And our country is overrun now with men and women who think that freedom means I have no responsibility. I have no laws. I have no boundaries. But thank God he's made us slaves to righteousness. See, we're slaves because Jesus purchased us. Don't ever forget that Jesus owns your soul. He paid for it by his blood. He bought us and he gave us something to do. What a blessing that is to see that. You think my voice is going out again, but it's not. All right, let's go back to John, and I'll try to close it. What have I said? Free indeed, free from want, free from we, free from wickedness. Only Jesus can do that. Hebrews says he saves us to the uttermost. No matter how deep and dark you think your sin is, 
don't matter how far you think you've gone, you are not out of the reach of God's arms of grace. It is true. Yes, indeed. The blood of Jesus, Jesus makes the vilest sinner clean. Oh, what a blessing. He makes us clean to make us free. And then free from the world. Verse 35, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. Remember Ishmael, don't you? He didn't stand there ever. There come a time when the bondwoman took him out, said, cast him out, but not the son. In verse 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Freedom from the world. I ask you, how free do you really want to be? I'm not going to answer that for you. I'm going to let you answer it in your heart. But what you're going to find, the freest people in this world are the people that are freer from this world. You understand that? Really, it matters where your home is. In Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of fame of faith. If we're going to be free from the world, we've got to believe there's another world. Because those people were obedient. They were beaten. Some of them were cut in two with saws. And they believed God. Why did they do that? Because they were free from this world. See, if we can get to where we're free from what we think we've got to do, how we think we've got to act, and we can just give it all to Jesus, and that we can say, Oh God, tie my hands and my feet. Put shackles on me, God. If it would be that you would make me your slave and your servant, then I would do your will and not mine. I'm going to tell you that'll be the freest we can ever be. That is free indeed. Those people in Hebrews looked for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Now what are we looking for? Do we think this world is going to satisfy us and hold us? (laughs) Obviously that's not happening. Really to be free indeed, it doesn't matter what government you're under, it doesn't matter what denomination you try to live by, it doesn't matter who your mom and daddy is or what you've done. When Jesus makes you free, when the Son pronounces you free, the Son of God, then you are free indeed. And we need to live like that and bless God in that all of our lives. What a blessing.
to be free indeed. I know there's a lot more that could be said <clears throat> to be free indeed. But Jesus is the only one that can make you free. So you get to him. And you trust him. And you believe him. And you continue in his word. And you will see that freedom grow. And you will know that God is directing your life. And you will see freedom in ways you've never seen it before. You see, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Isaiah 55 says that. What we think are freedom, what the world and culture says is freedom, is nothing but bondage. Jesus will make you free. Free indeed. Let's bow together. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the freedom that you've given us in Christ. We know, Lord, that it come at a very high price, the highest price that's ever been paid. It cost your blood. Help us never to belittle that. Lord, as sin tries to rise up even in our own lives and make us obey it, Stingy habits of disobedience are so hard to break. And yet, Lord, we know that we're more than conquerors through you. Bless us, O oh God, to live freely and to make as many others as free as we can, beginning in our own homes. Bless your holy word. Thank you for the truth, O oh God. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you, Lord, for the benefits of your Holy Spirit as we walk in your Spirit and we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. In that walk, O oh God, make sure we understand that even if you put shackles on us, we're actually doing what we want to do because we love you because you loved us first. And then the things that we struggle with, our unredeemed flesh, are overcome by the freedom of your Spirit so that we measure what we want to do by whether it's what we ought to do. And oh Lord, we know what we ought to do. We ought to fall at your feet, worship you, and obey your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.